Okay, as they are filing out, I'm going to um, ask everyone to look around you. If you have a bottle of water, hold it. If not, just take your Bible. And I'm going to ask you to stand up and hold that bottle of water or Bible, whatever's in your hand. Okay? Put it out like that, to your right or left. How much do you think that bottle of water or Bible weighs? Okay. Well, it's not so much important about the weight, but how long do you think you could hold it out there? If you held it a minute, it would be fairly easy. You've tried to hold it for an hour. How hard would that be? Imagine if you tried holding it for a whole day. Right? Virtually impossible. Okay? You may be seated. Okay? So it doesn't matter, again, how much that water or that bottle weighs. What does matter is how long you try to hold it. What matters is how long you try to hold it. Okay? Well, so it is with burdens in our lives. The longer you hold on to a burden, the more impossible it becomes. You can hold a bottle of water for a minute or so, it's not too bad, an hour maybe, but the longer you hold it, the more difficult it becomes. And so it is the same thing with burdens in our lives. I spoke when we first opened here about us being under attack constantly during the, during the whole, you know, every single day, hour of our lives for that matter, every single day of our lives we're under attack constantly. And burdens is one of the, way that, one of the ways that the enemy comes upon us to just wreak havoc in our lives and to steal our joy to try and prevent us from living a, a fruitful and joyful life in Christ Jesus by distracting us with all sorts of burdens and things that you would try to hold on to. It's the same way with stress and anxiety and worry. If you carry your burdens all the time, sooner or later the burden becomes increasingly heavy. becomes heavier and heavier and heavier to the point that you obviously you can't carry it. And either one of two things will happen. Either you will cave in and collapse and just totally just give up, or you'll do something about it relative to God. As with the bottle of water or the Bible you are holding, you have to put it down. So before you leave here today, before you leave here and go into the balance of the day and week ahead of you, I want you to put down any single burden or all burdens that you might be carrying. Those burdens are not necessarily always financial. Those burdens are not necessarily always health. Those burdens could be uh, burdens concerning uh, someone else. You know, many times the devil will, will do his thing by putting someone else as a burden on you. Now, how might, how might that manifest? That could manifest as, uh, oh, there's someone that you love dearly, someone that is in your family that you're praying for, you wish that they were saved. You know, so the devil puts it on you as a burden, that it's your job to get them saved. Well, it's not your job to get them saved. That's Holy Spirit. Okay, the only thing you need to do is to pray for them. If God will, the devil will put a burden on you in terms of uh, 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 just someone else that's giving you a hard time in your life. You know, you say up and they say down. You say left, they say right. You can never agree on anything. And it, it kind of becomes a burden. The more you carry that burden, again, envision that bottle of water or Bible you were holding out there. The longer you're holding that burden, the more challenging and difficult it becomes. It becomes a weight. So today, whatever those things may be, I want you to... 
to, to get rid of them. And we're going to look at how we can de- indeed do that. Whatever the burden is, make up your mind not to carry it. Okay? And that's the first step in this whole process. When a burden comes upon you like that, in the form of someone, an uh, issue of life, or whatever it might be, the first thing you have to do is remember to say to yourself, I am not going to carry this burden. All right? You might even envision the little exercise that we did here today when that burden comes. And we all know what those burdens are. I mean, you'll be sitting down watching TV and, and then out of the blue this thought will come into your mind. And, and, you know, maybe you were enjoying the movie or enjoying the show you were watching. And all of a sudden this thought just comes into mind and boom, what a downer. Here comes Debbie Downer, do they call it? Debbie Downer into the room, bold and strong, okay, to just crush everything that you're doing, you see? And so instead of letting Debbie Downer really stay there, you kick her out and say, I am not going to carry this burden. But many times, we as Christians, and I don't care how strong in the Lord you are or how long you've, you've, you've walked in the Lord, okay, and, and, and how close you feel you are to God, when those burdens come into our minds, this is what we all do. It's natural. It's a part of being a human being, okay? But what separates us from those unbelievers or non-believers is that we know what the next step is, all right? And we know where that burden comes from, okay? And make no mistake about it, um, the time that you are enjoying yourself and you're sitting there watching that show or doing whatever you enjoy doing, be it a crossword puzzle or whatever it is, or even reading the Bible for that matter, and you're experiencing some joy and relaxation, the devil does not want to see you enjoy. The devil does not want to see you relax. So he will interrupt you. He will interrupt you. You know, you know, and he will whisper that burden, that thing into your mind that will indeed become a burden. So the trick is then that we have to recognize it for starters and don't let it and don't let it um, stay with you. You need to try this. You need to run into your prayer closet the minute you sense that this burden is coming on, you know, especially if it's a burden that that's around. You know, when I'm sitting there and I'm doing something else and all of a sudden a troublesome thought comes into my mind, right away I say, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to entertain that thought, get away from me, foul spirit of so-and-so, so-and-so, whatever I believe it is, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to entertain that thought and push it on, and I start thinking of the wonderful, the lovely things of God. What does the Bible say? Think on these things. Think on these things, okay? But then if it doesn't work, that, uh, that initial um, uh, 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 reaction by, by you or, or, or counter-attack, I should say, because the devil's attacking you and you need to counterattack. If that initial thing of rebuking it doesn't work, then get up from what you're doing. You know, if you're watching this show, you know, we all got these magical things these days called DVRs. Hit the record button if you have to see that show, you know. Hit the record button and run to your prayer closet, okay? Because it's time for you to get more closely in, in line with God, all right? Many times, many times. And uh, I don't want to say the closer you are to God, but. The longer maybe you've been with the Lord or the more you are aware of the devil's tactics, it seems like the more he tries to bring them on. Okay? I know with myself that happens so often, you know, I mean, it isn't funny. You know, I'll be doing something or thinking something and sometimes physical sickness, vertigo and so on like that. And I have to realize where this attack is coming from and I have to counterattack, you see. And many times, the longer we are from God with quality time, the more susceptible we become to those kinds of attacks. All right? Many times, you'll just be feeling kind of just out of it. You'll be just feeling kind of weak and just kind of blah, you know. And you don't know 
know what's really going on, you know, and you kind of run through this mental checklist in your mind. Well, so-and-so, no, she's okay. So-and-so, he's okay. Um, the job, that's okay. School, that's okay. And you go through this mental checklist and everything seems to be okay, all right? But yet still you've got this blog. Newsflash, it's time for you to run into your prayer closet and make a Holy Spirit connection with God, okay? Because something is either coming on or something is in the process of coming on or you just need to have this recharge, this regroup with the Lord, you know? It's like getting thirsty, you know? You know when, you know, you can drink a Coca-Cola, you can drink a juice or Gatorade or whatever, nothing replaces water, nothing replaces God. So in order to take, in order to, uh, to counter this, you know, you need to tell God what's going on. On and then start off by saying, God, I want your peace. This is what I'm feeling, you know. And actually articulate to God, God, this is what this is what's going on. And I mean, you know, you don't have to get into King James language with God, you know. I mean, thou, thee, thou, and that, and you know, you know, you can say, Lord, I was sitting there, kind of minding my own business, you know, watching this show, and now all of a sudden. This burden of so-and-so is on my mind, you know? All of a sudden, here I go again, poor Aunt Tilly. Last week I, last week I made it known that I do not have an Aunt Tilly, so, you know, she's fictitious. But here again, Aunt Tilly is on my mind, and I'm worried about it, you know? And you go into the Lord and you say, Lord, help me, what's going on? You know? And you spend some quality time with God, for starters. Literally, just tell Him, this is what I'm feeling. I was sitting there minding my business, and all of a sudden, these thoughts, what's going on? And as you, as you get in the habit of doing that, speaking, um... And I don't want to, I don't want to sound, um, uh, bad about this. I'm not saying don't sound prayerful, but get to the habit of almost being conversational with God, you know? And I'm not saying that, saying that time to say that we don't hold God in reverence. I'm not saying that at all, okay? We know He's God the Father, and you always enter His throne with respect and fear and so on, like that, reverence, okay? But I'm saying, after you get past the praising thing and everything, you gotta talk to God and let Him know what's on your heart. And if you're spending so much time trying to find proper King James language to talk to him, you know, you're going to miss the boat. The thought will totally elude, you know, you'll forget why you went in there in the first place. You know, so Lord, I was sitting there and all of a sudden Aunt Tilly pops in my mind and this and that and this and that. I'm afraid she's talking about me, she's doing this to me, she's giving me a hard time. And let God know what's on your mind. And say, Lord, I need your peace. You know, I need your peace, Lord. Tell me what's going on here. You know, what, what am I missing? You know, either there's something that you're miss, you missed or either there's something coming down the pike that you need to know. You see? In either event, you have to remember that God is God. He knows your life, past, present, and future. And whatever it is that's going on inside you, whatever these feelings are, and whatever the enemy is there whispering in your ear, some plan, some weapon that is being formed, you see, and Holy Spirit will remind you that no weapon formed against me will prosper. Okay, but at the time you're sitting there on that sofa, you're feeling pretty vulnerable. Like all of a sudden you're going to be attacked from all sides. So Holy Spirit will remind you no weapon formed against you will prosper. Okay, you are my son, you are my daughter. And you say, Lord, I need your peace. Okay? And then God will position you. He will, he will either tell you what's going on or simply tell you what needs to be done. If God does not want to reveal a future thing to you, he will simply maybe at that particular point say, this is what I want you to do. Amen? But in either case, just reconcile to yourself that I need something to happen here because all of a sudden, this tremendous burden for me has come on. Alright? The burden about for other people, by the way, as I started saying before, you've got to really watch out for that because the enemy will place a burden for someone else on your heart. 
And with that, the enemy can kill two birds with one stone, so to speak. Especially if you're praying for someone else's salvation. You, you know, and the devil will put in your head, you see? So-and-so's not saved. You've been praying for them for 99 years, and look, you know, she's still a hellion. He's still a hellion, you know? You know and, and so, you see, you failed. What kind of a child of God do you call yourself? You failed. You see, you couldn't get them to come to, to come to your Lord. Okay, so how is this going to work? It's not your responsibility. It's not your response. It is not your burden. All right. That person you have to give over to the Lord. All you need to do is continually pray and just say, Lord, I'm giving this responsibility and this burden to you. I'm praying that so-and-so will be saved. I'm praying that so-and-so will turn the other way. I'm praying this person will, a lifestyle will change. Whatever that you're praying for, Lord, I give this to you. Now give me your peace. Okay? And what Holy Spirit will give you will, will, will illumine your mind to see that it's not your responsibility. The first way, you can't save anyone. Jesus took on the sins of the world, not you. Not you. You cannot do that, all right? So don't take the burden for someone else because that's a big thing that we as Christians many times fall into because, you know, when we get saved and we love the Lord so much and we spend so much time in prayer and reading the Bible, we feel this responsibility, you know. And yes, Jesus did say, go forth and speak the gospel and preach and so on like that. Yes, that's our responsibility to do that. But Jesus did not say to go and take on the burdens of mine or take on the burdens of the Father. God is God's responsibility. Amen. Not all of God's work is God's work for you. Okay? Okay? Not all of God's work is God's work for you. So what we need to do is to be smart enough to figure out, God, what is my work? What is it that I need to do? Okay, okay, I'm carrying this burden. Okay, what do I do with this burden besides getting rid of it? Is there any other steps that I need to take? Holy Spirit might simply say, just pray for them. Holy Spirit may say, give them a call and say these specific words. Okay, and when you hear from the Lord, God is giving you specific words to say, you need to make sure that you say those specific words. God is telling you a specific action to take. You need to make sure you take that specific action regardless of how silly it may seem. Or what sense it may seem, make, may, make, make to you. Okay, I've told you all before, one time I was praying for a woman in church, and, and uh, Holy Spirit simply said to walk around her three times. Now, it made no sense to me to walk around her three times, but, but I've lived with the Lord long enough to know that if he says something, I don't try to reason, I just do it. And I walked around her three times, and the third time she was slain in the Spirit and went down and jumped up and she was healed. Amen, amen. So I don't question those things. I know what God can do. The thing is that you have to get to that place when you feel this burden coming on. And you're praying, you're in your prayer closet, and God gives you specific instructions. You need to make sure you carry out those specific instructions to the letter. I didn't walk around there four times. I didn't do two and a half or 7.89. Okay, three times, no more and no less. You have to follow what God is telling you to do. Amen? So, so, so we see that we, see that we, we want to give up this burden and give it to the Lord. So as usual with... with, uh, with uh, the word here, what does the scripture say about burdens? Let's go to Psalm, Psalm 55. Psalm 55. Okay. And again, the little exercise that you did this morning with holding the bottle or your Bible, whichever you had in your hands here, um, hang on to that. Literally, hang on to that. Because many times it's easier for you to remember something that you did than to remember some... Um, some uh, huge theological concept, let's say. But if you lock into your mind that this burden that's trying to come on me, here it is, I'm holding this bottle of water, I'm holding this bottle. Now, the longer, it doesn't matter how big the burden is or how much it weighs, but the longer I try to hold on to it, the worse it's going to get. Okay? So the idea is that i got to get rid of this burden. Okay? I'm going to put it down. 
Okay? And I remember as while you're turning there, I remember when I was in the military there and one of the exercises that we had to do was to take a rock and to, to hold it out at arm's length like that. And you'd be surprised, you'd be surprised how painful that gets after a while. After a while, it gets very, very painful to the point that you literally, your arm drops. Okay? And so that is kind of spiritually, that's what happens to us when you hang on to a burden. That burden is there putting a weight on you, you know? And not to jump to the end of the, the sermon almost, but how many times have you prayed to, for, to God for something, for a burden, for a troublesome thing you were carrying? And did you feel relief of that burden literally as like a weight off your back? Have you ever just (sighs) breathed a sigh of relief when God took that burden from you? It's happened to me many times. I mean, a physical load taken off of my back, a feeling of relaxation, you see? So if you try to hang on that burden by way of that thing, that thought, that person, or whatever it's going to be, that's what it's doing to you. It's weighing you down. Okay, And then when you start wondering why you don't have joy in your life, you start wondering why, why do I think the worst of all situations? Why do I think that the worst things are going to happen? Why am I just feeling kind of out of sorts? It's because you're carrying a burden. Okay? Anyone here read the book, the, the uh, classic Pilgrim's Progress? Okay? Yeah. The big knapsack? Talk about carrying burdens? Okay, so envision that. So Psalm 50, 55... And starting with verse number 22, 55-22. Cast thy burdens upon the Lord. Cast thy burdens upon the Lord. He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. But thou, O God, shall bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall, uh, shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in thee. Alright? So the operative words there, and to please highlight them, is cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Alright? So you've got that burden, cast it upon God, because he will indeed sustain you. He will not allow, the word suffer there means allow. He will never allow the righteous uh, to be moved. Then, O God, shall bring, uh, then thou, O God, shall bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days but I will trust in thee alright so that has to deal with those if there's someone in your life that's giving you a hard time that's persecuting you that's bringing pressure to bear don't worry about them God will take care of them you know God will take care of them Uh, it it says there but I will trust in thee so the first thing you have to remember is that I got to trust in God you know it's so easy for us to say okay God I give this burden to you I give Aunt Tilly is driving me nuts I give her to you but then do you still carry the burden because you don't trust God to remove her. Amen? Amen? So you can always say these things with your lips, but how much in your heart of hearts do you really believe it? How much do you really trust God that he's going to carry through what he says he's going to do? Go to the book of Matthew. Praise the living God. Matthew chapter 11. Praise God. And we'll start with 25, chapter 11, Matthew 11, verse 25. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hidden these things from the wise and the prudent, 
and has revealed them unto babes. Okay? And just to pause there for a moment, many of the things that we discuss in church, Bible study, or in casual conversation, many times when the Lord reveals things to us, God has not chosen to reveal those things to the so-called the wise and the prudent. The wise and the prudent that's being referred to here in many cases are the hypocritical scribes and Pharisees. They just simply did not understand, you know. The concepts that we talk about, the biblical concepts that we talk about, is being revealed to us because we are babes, so to speak, uh, and then we are not putting ourselves up to be the wise and the prudent. The wise and the prudent are those so-called wise and the prudent that are outside of God. Amen. True wisdom comes from God, comes from knowing and having Holy Spirit. Amen. But Jesus is saying that these thoughts, these... Biblical truths, okay, has been hidden from them because, first of all, they don't have Holy Spirit. They don't, didn't believe in Jesus. They weren't following Jesus at, Jesus at all. So God's kind of hidden them from us. So you should feel yourself privileged the fact that God reveals these deep spiritual truths to you. Amen. Because the spiritual truths that you use that become beneficial in your life, that guide your life, people that are in the world, unbelievers, non-believers, just do not have any idea where you're coming from. And they cannot experience those things, not being believers, because they don't have Holy Spirit revelation. Amen. Amen. So where Jesus is saying that at that time, Jesus has to say, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them unto babes. Even so Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me by my Father, and no man knows the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man, um, neither knoweth any man the Father, except the Son, and he to whomever the Son will reveal him. Okay? Now you being a believer and a child of God, Jesus has revealed himself to you. Amen? Come unto me, come unto me, all, not some, underline the word all, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. All right? So Jesus is making a promise there. He's saying to you today to come unto him all. You can highlight that whole verse there. Come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden, and, uh, and I will give you rest. All right? So when you've got this burden that you're carrying, Jesus says, first of all, don't carry this burden, you know. This bottle of water that you held out in the beginning, or that Bible that would get heavy to you eventually, Jesus is saying, give it to him. Give it to him. Don't you try to carry it. Okay? Now, this is God that is saying that. You see, God knows us. God knows us. God knows that we as human beings tend to still want to do things for ourselves. That we want to try to figure it out and work out our lives for ourselves. But guess what? We can't. You know, God will tell us what it is he wants us to do about governing our lives. And he told us that through his commandments and so on like that. Through his word of God. Through the word, the written word. He tells us what he wants us to do. But there are many things that's, that, is, that are God, is God's responsibility. Verse 29, he then says, after you've, you know... He's given the burden to Jesus. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Please in the line there. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls. So Jesus says, so take my yoke. So take the yoke of Jesus Christ. And why? Verse 30. Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay, underline that. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Is light. Okay, so if you think about a burden being 
A yoke, you know what a yoke is. You've seen a yoke. That's the thing that goes around an oxen's, an ox's neck and whatever, and it's used to guide him and it makes him pull heavy burdens, loads and things like that. But Jesus is saying to take the yoke of Jesus because Jesus' yoke, and it says, and his burden is light. You see? So to be yoked by, a yoke also is used to guide an oxen. That's I'm using the word an oxen, oxen. Oxen, I guess, is plural. But anyway, if a yoke is used to guide them, what Jesus is saying is to take Jesus' yoke because Jesus' guidance is easy and it's light. The burden of Jesus is easy and light. You see, all God has asked us to do is to obey his word, okay, and, and to follow him. You know, and Jesus will tell us what to do. So that is so easy. So Jesus is saying, if you have a choice between carrying that heavy water bottle or that Bible and holding it out there for so long, he says, why don't you just give that to Jesus, give it to me, and then just follow what he's telling you to do, because that is so much easier, you see? And the scripture in between is very important too. It says, it says um, and, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You see, well, you've got to learn of Jesus, too. You see, you know, many times we want the blessings of God. We want to be guided by Holy Spirit. We want to benefit from God. But we don't want to take the time to learn of him. You see, you know, we don't have too many responsibilities, so to speak, in our Christian walks. You know, but to obey God, to, to have a thirst for, for, for godly knowledge, to want to know more about him. You can never know too much about God because in the first place it's impossible for you to learn all that there is about God anyway. You know, for all of the eternity that we will have in heaven, you know, I doubt very much if we will ever come to the sum total of the knowledge of God. You see? But you just got to have this desire to learn, to learn, to learn, you know? And guess what too, you know? You've heard the expression, you know, well, gee, was that, that guy or that gal can't walk and chew gum at the same time, you know, do two things at once. You know, well, well, well guess what, too? If our mind is focusing on learning about God, then that gives us less time to be focusing on the burdens. It gives us less time to be focusing on the challenges and the troubles that will come into life. You know, we've got to replace those thoughts and replace those burdens with the things of God. That's why Jesus says, learn of me, learn of me. You know, just don't stand by and say, okay, you know, re- recite that scripture. Come unto me, all you that are heavy laden. All right, okay, I said it. And then walk out of your prayer closet after 30 seconds. What does that mean? Meditate on who Jesus is or why he is saying those things, all right? Don't others lay burdens on you. Let's go to Matthew 23. Matthew 23. Matthew 23, verse number 4. And just highlight this verse. For they bind, they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne. And lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them uh, with one of their fingers. He's talking about the Pharisees there. Well, to get into context, go up to 20, uh, 23 verse 1. Then spoke Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses, uh, in Moses' seat. All therefore, all therefore, whatever they bid you observe, that observe and do... But do not after their works, for they say and do not. In other words, they say all these great things, but they do not do them. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Okay? So don't let other people put burdens on you. Okay, and what he's saying there is that these scribes and Pharisees, they'll put all these burdens on you, all these things that you're not doing. 
putting all you on this guilt trip. You got this problem, you got this problem, you got this problem. But they themselves, being the religious leaders, they didn't do a thing to remove the burden. Amen? So Jesus saying, don't let them do that, you see? And we have to remember that also. Don't let people put burdens on you. You know, don't let people put you on a guilt trip because that is from no place but the devil himself. No place but the devil himself. You know, the, the, same way, the same way God works through men, so does the devil work through men. All right? And you'll be having a great and wonderful day that all of a sudden this person will pop up out of nowhere and will try to say, it will say so and so and so to you. And then all of a sudden, if you're not careful, you've got this burden now that you're carrying because some other person is doing or not doing what they should be doing. Amen? It's not your responsibility. If someone tries to lay a burden onto you, saying, in the name of Jesus, I don't accept that burden, that's not my responsibility, and you go to the Lord with it, and you take it and say, you know what, God? So-and-so just came up to me and said, so-and-so, and of course God knows that, but he wants to see what you're going to do with it. Amen? So you give that to God, and then you don't carry that burden anymore. All right? All right, if you pray for him, yeah, but don't carry the burden. Again, salvation is one of the biggest things that we Christians get caught up in. You got someone that's in your family that you love, a friend or whatever that you love, and they're not being saved and whatnot. It's not your responsibility, and it's not for you to worry yourself, you know, to death about that person's salvation. Yes, you pray for him, but don't try to carry the burden. Because that's one way, again, that the devil will get to you, making you responsible for someone else. Amen? Amen. He said, don't do that. He said, these guys here, these these guys, um, they, they lay the burdens on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Amen? So we don't want to accept other people's burdens. A- amen? Sometimes, sometimes now, and this is something that we've got to think about, sometimes unconfessed sin can be the cause of a burden. Okay? Unconfessed sin can be the cause of a burden, okay? And that's why when we become aware of the fact that we sin, we need to make sure that we speedily repent of it, you see? You see, you know, we are children of God. God made provisions, you know, that if, if you sin, to speedily confess, and the Word of God says that God will forgive you. So if God gave us that scripture in there, that means that God realizes that just because we're saved doesn't mean that we are exempt from, in our day-to-day lives, sometimes Christians will slip and stumble and sin. None of us are exempt from that. But the thing is for us to speedily repent, be aware of it, and speedily repent of it. Because if you're not, then that becomes a burden. You see, we as children of God are such beautiful, wonderful, unique creatures. While we have Holy Spirit in us and we're saved, okay, and because of salvation we're, we're guaranteed to go to heaven and so on like that. In this life, in this physical world, with all the temptations still around, see the devil is still around, it's still out there. It's not going to be for, until after tribulation that he's locked away and all that for a thousand years and so on, so he's still out there. And so he puts temptations and sometimes we can slip and we can sin. And last week I said two types of sin. I'm not talking about venial and, and uh, what's the other one that they call venial and mortal sins. That, that's a man-made term. All right, two types of sin according to scripture is sin of omission and a sin of commission. A sin of commission is something that you actively do in a sin. A sin of omission is something where God has told you to do something and for whatever reason you chose not to do it. Okay? So anyway, whatever sin is we need to repent of. Now, what happens is that when we as Christians sin because we have Holy Spirit in us, okay, Holy Spirit convicts us. He doesn't condemn us. Condemnation is of the devil. Holy Spirit will say, this is what you've done. You've sinned against God. You've sinned. Okay? And then the expectation that you will speedily repent. 
If you do not do that, the fact that Holy Spirit has convicted you and you don't do that repenting, that becomes a burden to you. You start carrying it because it is always in there. Amen? Amen? You know what you've done. God is simply saying, I love you. I love you. You simply come to me and repent. And repenting again means that, you know, you're walking this way, 180 degrees, and you're going back this way, never to go that way again. That's what true repentance is. You see? But if you're carrying that sin around, it can become a burden to you. And then that burden winds up manifesting itself in other places in your life. That burden to you because of unconfessed sin, after a while, it can even get to the point where I've seen this happen with some poor Christians. You know, I, I, I remember without getting, you know, to too much, uh, uh, someone said, said Pastor, I, I just can't, can't pray anymore. I can't find myself being able to pray. I just can't spend time with God, you know. And after many weeks of, of counseling and talking to him and so forth, it came out that he had slipped and he had sinned. And he had never gone and repented about that sin. So that sin was just staying in there and it was just building and festering and just growing and growing and growing. Where all of a sudden he said to me at one point, but God does not want to talk to me, so that's why I can't pray. You see, the devil had so got his mind so twisted around now he felt that God did not love him. And that he felt that he could not pray. He was unworthy. You see, so that's how unconfessed sin can get in our minds, especially as a Christian, can get in and it can fester and then wind up preventing us from going to God. And then it's just worse and worse and worse because if you're not going to God... To get your drink of water, your refreshment, you're not spending time with Holy Spirit to get replenished. Then you just go down and down and down. You get more and more depressed, more and more depressed. You wind up opening the doors because of that depression. Other demons come in and the next thing you know, you're, you're a mess. You're a mess. Amen? Amen? So that's one of the ways to stop burdens from coming into your life. You, you realize the sin, you know? And God will tell you. First, the first place again will be Holy Spirit, you know? You know, you, you go out there and you do something that's blatantly, you know, is openly against the word of God. You know it's instantaneous. The Holy Spirit will convict you. All right? If you're not too sure about the Holy Spirit, will convict you too. But if you're not spending time with God, you may not even realize, especially with the sin of omission, if you're not spending time with God, you may never realize that you committed a sin of omission because you won't realize what you did not do that God wanted you to do. You understand what I'm saying? Understand, okay? So the only way that you can, you can prevent that is by spending time with God. You know, especially when you feel this burden or you're feeling out of sorts and you're not sure what it was, what it is. It's not so obvious that it's Aunt Tilly, okay? You're not so, it's not so obvious. So you go to God, okay, Lord, what's going on? You know? Did I miss something? Did I do something? You know? Did I, did I slip and stumble? And if, if you've gotten past the point where you didn't hear Holy Spirit check you right away, okay, and if they're especially with omission, all right? So you say, Lord, did I miss something? You know? But I feel this burden. So what is going on? You know, did, did I sin against you in any way? Please let me know so that I can correct myself and repent, you know. And you spend this time with God. That's why it's so important, I say, when you're in this prayer closet, prayer is not just, just speaking to God. Got your watch going. Okay, it's 45 minutes. Got to leave for the office now and you leave, okay. Uh, that, that, that's a one-way conversation. That's a monologue. Prayer is dialogue. Prayer is you talking to God and God speaking back to you. Because there's a lot he wants to tell you. Amen. You know, you know, I mean, that's like somebody coming to me and say, you know, they, they spent the night at my house and they're getting ready to leave to go to work Monday morning. And me being up watching the early news, I find out there's a horrible accident, you know, you know, three blocks from the house and everything. And this person comes in and sits down over coffee. Yeah, Mike, da, 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 and goes and going. And I'm trying to, you know, I, I'm trying to get in a word. And this person is talking, 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 talking. talking and OK, got to go. See it. And runs out the door. I never had a chance to tell him. That there was a bad accident three blocks away. You see? See? So it's kind of the same thing with God. 
If you just stand and do a one-way conversation with God where it's just you talking to him and then never, never tarrying for a minute to hear from him, that's not true prayer. Okay? And I am telling you, boy, there have been times, and I'm the first to admit it, that I've been in prayer and I'm just going on and on and on. I mean, especially if you pray in tongues. It's so easy to just kind of just go on and on and on. When I actually just felt impressed, Michael, Michael, you know, and I literally actually hear Michael. And then I'll know to stop and I'll listen. Mm -hmm. And when I stop like that and listen, I get a flood of information. I get a flood of information in terms of direction, what I should be doing, what I should not be doing. Ton of information, okay? You see, see but, but God's a gentleman, you know? You hear that quietly, and you feel it quietly in your spirit, you know? I mean, God is God. He can do anything He wants to do, but very, very often, you will not hear thunder outside your prayer closet. You won't feel the walls shaking, the vibrate. I'm trying to talk to you, you know? You know, chances are you won't hear that, okay? But if you're used to being in a tune with Holy Spirit, a tune with God, then you'll hear and you'll know when He's trying to say something to you, okay? Okay? Because while, even though you may be caught up in praying in tongues, that thought, that voice will just cut right across quietly. And you hear your name or some other way to get your attention. Amen. So you got to stop. you got to stop. This is how you get rid of those burdens. You gotta, that's how you get rid of those burdens. Amen. Um, and the thing with the unconfessed sin, go to Psalm 38. Psalm 38. Psalm 38. Okay, Psalm 38, verse number 4. For mine iniquities are gone over mine head. Like a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. My wounds are repulsive and corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. Okay, you see? So here you see where iniquity or sin are gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. You see? So you see here where sins are indeed like a burden or can become a burden. All right, so we need to make sure that the way to get rid of that kind of burden is, is, is to pray about it and to ask the Lord to, con- to confess that sin before God to make sure that, that uh, you're not carrying that, you know. And the, the, best, way, the, best, way to get, the, the best way to get over that kind of sin is, you know, I, I don't know if, if any of you here have ever, if any of you, you were ever youngsters, I assume we were all youngsters, okay? And you did something around the house that you know you shouldn't have done. And your mom is either out at work to the store or whatever. You did whatever you did. And the minute that she comes home, you start worrying, gee, is she going to find out? I see many people here smiling, so I think a lot of you have been there, okay? okay? And then worse even, on top of that, after your mom found out, then she says, wait till your dad comes home. I see someone really smiling there. <laughs> wait, till you, wait till your dad comes home, all right? And then, when does the relief come? Is If you can beat it to the door before your mom does, dad, this is what I did. You know, and you confess to dad what you've done. You know, oh, what a relief that was. That commercial was, you know, what a relief that is, you know. And so it is, so it is that with, with, with sin, you know. You, you, you can't hide it from God. You know, you, you can't hide it. It becomes a burden to you, you, you know. And, and I, I remember, boy, 
we, we had a thing going through high school there. We had a high school um, picnic coming up. It was a yearly event. And every year, the seniors did something silly. And us guys had decided for this particular senior picnic, we were all going to shave our heads. Okay, And I knew good and well my father would not want me to shave my head. And we went over to a buddy's house who had clippers and so forth. And yeah, I lined up and I shaved my head. And the minute I got back and I realized, I really thought about what I did. I said, oh my gosh, dad's going to kill me when he sees this. And, and I think, and this was in, in the summer months when it was still light. I think it was the first time I jumped in bed at, at 5 o'clock. <laughs> trying to get in bed before he came home and covered up my cover, covered the covers over my head. You know, and the plan was that I was going to leave to go on. We were, we were going on, the senior class was going on a, a boat cruise up the Hudson River, up to Bear Mountain. Pretty, anyway. So the plan was I was going to get up and leave for school before he got up to go to work. Okay, not even thinking past. Well, you know, I'm going to be back home the same day, and he's going to be back home the same day, and my hair is not going to be grown back that far, that fast, and so I still got a problem. But I'm thinking that far, but right then, okay, go to bed. And so that talk about a burden. I mean, that was such a tremendous burden. I mean, obviously, I still remembered after all of these years, you know, and that's how it was. I did not want that to seem that was a burden. So if you've got this thing, this sin, or something that you've done wrong against God, and you carry that burden, it, it literally weighs you down where you worry about it you know even when you think you're doing something else that burden is still back there and it's popping up and it's popping up in your in, in your mind amen but God will always comfort us let's go to second Corinthians second Corinthians 1 second Corinthians 1. And start with verse number 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are, who are in, who, in all Achaia, grace be to you, and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them who are in any trouble by the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds by Christ. Okay? Now, so what is he saying there? Verse, uh, verse number 4. Uh, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them who are in any trouble by the comfort that we which ourselves are comforted by God. So in other words, what this is saying is something, it's kind of a tongue twister almost. When you have this burden, and God delivers you from that burden, and God gives you comfort, okay, and God gives you comfort, Remember and think about how God provided that comfort. Okay, remember that. Because inadvertently, you see, you got to remember that as a child of God, the things that we learn about God is not just for us to always just keep to ourselves. Amen? Amen. The, 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 the mysteries that are revealed to you by Holy Spirit, the things that you learn, are meant to be shared with others as Holy Spirit sends people across your path. So as you are carrying this burden, and God relieves you of that burden and takes it away from you, remember how that was done, so that when someone else comes across your path with a burden, 
Okay? That they may be relieved in a similar fashion. Okay? God is saying that, he's saying here that as you are delivered from a burden, remember that, 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 that a burden um, very possibly could be caused by you. All right? You never know when someone is viewing you as the provider of a burden, let's just say. All right? You sometimes just think that, oh, gee, you know, I am Mr. This and I am Mr. That. You know, I'm so cool, I would never make anyone upset with me. And you don't know. I mean, it is possible that perhaps because something you did or didn't do, maybe you did indeed cause a burden in their lives. All right? So as that person comes to you or as Holy Spirit reveals it to you, and you can get them to talk about that burden, remember how God relieved you of that burden so that you can also relieve that person of any anxieties that they also might be, be, be carrying. Now, you obviously cannot do the work that God can do. Amen? Amen? So while you may not be the one that can say, well, I'm going to relieve you of that burden, God can certainly do that. So what you need to do, this is an opportunity for you to minister to that person, to witness to that person, to tell them, well, let me tell you something, you know, do you know that God can take that burden away from you? Do you know now, that person may not even see it as a burden, so you simply say, you know, God can can take that from you, you know? Oh, but she drives me nuts. He drives me nuts. Uh, I'm not going to be able to pass this exam. I've got this burden to do this. Well, let me share with you how you might be relieved of that, you know? And this may be an opportunity that the Holy Spirit is giving to you to witness to someone, you know? You know, we, we as Christians all the time are, 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 are looking to witness to people, you know? And um, the Word of God says that we indeed should witness to people, you know? But... Evangelizing, evangelizing is something that you really need to pray about and be, be driven by Holy Spirit. You know, don't take it upon yourself simply because of the fact that I'm a Christian to go get you a box and go stand up on the corner of Lancaster and just stand out there and start shouting, da 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 da, you know, and everything like that. I mean, now this Holy Spirit specifically told you to do that, you see. But God will send people across our paths, sometimes with a burden that you need to share with them how God relieved you of that burden. This is what this is saying. Amen. So share that knowledge, share that information. Amen. It is not God's will that anyone should perish. Not at all. Isn't that God? God's will is that is that everyone should come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and come to Him through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, according to the Scripture, there um, it just simply says. It simply says, read it again, who comforts us in all of our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them who are in any trouble. You know, you want to be a comfort to people that are in trouble by the comfort which we ourselves are comforted of God. Amen. So we have a responsibility here, um, you know, before others as well as ourselves. Amen. Amen. So in, in summary here, you know, again, thinking about the water bottle and the, the, the Bible that you're either holding up. You know, think about how long it is that you could hold that without becoming extremely fatigued and to the point of experiencing pain in your arm. And the next time that burden or the devil puts a burden or a thought in your mind that is particularly troublesome, think about that little exercise and say, I'm not going to hold this. I'm not going to hold this, you know. See, because the funny thing about burdens many times, too, is that the burden won't seem like a burden. It won't seem like a big burden. It'll just come in as a troubling thought. You know, and that troubling thought you need to treat like a potential burden and get rid of it. Because the longer you entertain that troubling thought, it just grows and grows and grows. You know, it, 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 like it, it, it ferments, you know, and just gets more and more rotten and grows like a cancer almost. It just gets huge after a while. So you've you got to nip it in the bud. 
if it seems to be small or whatnot, if it's troubling you, if it's going against Holy Spirit that's in you, if it's making you upset, it's stealing your joy, you get rid of it. You know, Speedy said, I'm not going to entertain this thought. Right? And if need be, then you just get up, stop what you're doing, and run into your prayer closet. Or if you're not at home, you go someplace that you can pray and spend some time in prayer and say, Lord, this is what's happening. Take this burden from me. What do I need to do? What should I not do? But in either case, you know, God, you said, Jesus, you said, to come unto you all who are heavy laden and you'll give me rest so Lord Jesus I am heavy laden and I need your rest and so I'm going to give it to you amen 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 so burdens not friends not friends of ours you don't want to have them so let's get rid of them as quickly as we can and as you leave here today think about any burdens that you might be carrying and when you get home at some point today pray about it give it to God if you have the ability to do so in the car then just give it to God while you're in the car if it's something that's really really troubling you just do it right after service in the name of Jesus amen amen praise God, I hope this message has been a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings. <laughs>